Welcome back to another episode of Am I Doing This Right? I'm Corinne Fox. And I'm Natalie McMillan. And we are best friends, confidants, millennials, and the hosts of Am I Doing This Right? A life how-to podcast from the perspective of non-experts. And each week we cover a new topic and we drink a new bottle of wine. That's right, Natalie. And this week we are talking how How to to get get over a a breakup. breakup. I don't know why we did it like that. I don't either. It's been a long day. <laughs> or just how to like get over somebody. Yeah. At all. Yeah. We're going to be talking about the science of breakups. You know, we love science. Some tips and tricks for getting over a breakup and how to make peace and move mm. on. And thank you next. That biatch. Biatch. Whether it be romantic, platonic, familial, familial friendship, there's whatever. A, there's a lot of breakups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ver- different versions of breakups. Yeah. Even with a job sometimes. Yeah. Hey. Listen, if you're a single gal or guy listening, keep listening because this is for you too. This is for you too. And at the end of the episode, we are doing our, we're finally bringing it back. Finally. Random advice. We have some great questions that you guys wrote in. We're going to answer at the end of this episode that I'm very excited about. Me too. But not first, let's get into the vino that we are drinking on the episode. Okay. We are drinking the Artadi Vignes Zega. I'm going to guess Degain Degain. I don't know. I don't know either. Um, it's a red wine. It's a red wine. It's a 2018. And it's in a different language. I think it's from Spain. From Spain. Okay. I okay. think. I take your word for it, honestly. Because the rest of the labels. N- oh, she just sh- literally was shook half. I was just, I just <laughs> truly Oh, oh my goodness. Give, give Take a up. sip. What? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. What? You just stuck your finger in an outlet. Okay. It's, I'm going to need to break up with this fucking wine. We don't, hey, we don't know. Some well, it maybe might, it'll open up. It might open up. We never know. We never know. But Nat, I wanted to tell you, aren't you on this first road trip? Oh my gosh, I know. He's such a good boy. Was he the best boy? Yeah, so if you guys don't know, Archie's my puppy. He's eight months old, and we went on a 14-hour straight road trip, and he did fabby. Oh, good for he him. He was drugged. Yeah, he kind of got it. It well. was Benadryl. There was some CBD thing. Yeah. He yeah. was out of it. Yeah, the puppy energy on a road trip is probably a little – like Zeppelin, he'll just sleep the whole time, but he's yeah. his old man. He's an old the man. Puppy, and he just had surgery. He just has surgery. He did He's so doing good. Well. I'm really happy for you because you were you had a lot of anxiety. I was so and mainly it's because bulldogs are like very risky to put under anesthesia. Yeah. So I'm I, not gonna lie to you. So you said that and I thought, I'll just Google it. And I was like, Oh shit, she does have a, a reason to be a little nervous yeah. right now. It literally was like it's like it's, a fifty fifty shot. <laughs> That they'll like come back. I did read that on the internet, and yeah. I was like, I won't bring this up. Yeah, so that's I why won't I tell was you so your anxiety anxious. is founded. Yeah, that's why I was so because I feel like people are like, why? It's like you know, dogs go into surgery all the time, and I'm like, yeah, but bulldogs don't usually come out of it, Aww. especially when they're because he's old too. So he's older. He's older, okay. and he has no little teeth anymore. Oh yeah, you said <laughs> he's like one tooth. Um, How does he eat? Oh, he's acting like there's nothing ever happened. He's just like chowing down. Are you nervous he's going to choke? No. It's like a normal – I mean, he's just eating like normal, but I'm like, how do your gums not hurt? 
Oh, he's just he's just he's chomping just down. Back to normal. Chewing, he was chewing on a gum bone. On gum. Yeah. Oh wow. I was like, okay, okay, go go off. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Go off. Well, I'm yeah. very happy that you didn't have to break up with Zappi. Yes. He's totally fine. I'm happy that Archie, you didn't have to break up with Archie because he drove you fucking crazy. No, he was here. such a good little boy. He is a such a good boy. Okay, so let's get into the episode, which is breakups. breakups. And why we chose this one, I'm pretty sure we've had people write in about this. We for sure, somebody, at least one person I has. I think people have. Yeah. But really, honestly, breakups are inevitable. I mean, unless you're with your, like, high school sweetheart forever. I don't know. The divorce right now is so high. I mean, it just right. seems like at some point. <laughs> at some point. But even if it's, you know, not a relationship, a romantic partner, it could be, like we were saying, like, a friend, a, a family member. You know, people do leave our lives. Yes. I think we need to understand how we move on, how we make peace. Even if it's something that happened a long time ago, sometimes mm-hmm. it's like things linger. Yeah. And I love to start every ep- – and we love to start every episode with the science. There is science behind breakups. Yes. So, Nat, can you explain the science of breakups? Yes, I can. So, because of the rise of neuroimaging technology, scientists now know physical pain and social pain are actually processed in some of the same regions of the brain. So a breakup in turn can be experienced the same way as an injury. So it's truly heart break. Like literally you're having a heart attack. painful. Yes. So like when you break your arm, your brain decides how distressing the event is and prompts an appropriate behavioral response. And the same neural circuitry may be ignited when the brain processes emotional strife. Yes. So meanwhile, experiments using functional magnetic imaging suggest simply seeing a photograph of a romantic partner who importantly has rejected you and you continue to love them all the same, that activates parts of the brain associated with craving, gains and losses, and emotional regulation. Yeah. And that makes – I mean, like, you're scrolling on Instagram or something and you see your ex or, you know, and you're just like, oh, God. Like, you know, you you can feel a gut punch. Or like you hit the story. Like the next story, and it's like for some reason, and you're not they, prepared to see it. Yeah, like, it's like, but it's actually like there's science behind why you feel that way. Yes. So experimental research using functional magnetic resonance imaging, an fMRI, found that a region of the brain called the anterior cingulate cortex. Wow, that was impressive. The or the ACC is activated when participants experienced physical pain but also when they felt rejected. So if you feel like you're going to die after a breakup, it's very real pain. You aren't going to die, but you might feel like you it. Might and feel it's like very it. valid to it's feel very like that. Very valid pain. So let's talk about how. How do we break up? How does this happen? This is interesting. So among people who experienced a breakup, most have been on both sides of the equation. So 70% have been the one to end the relationship, while 75% say that they had a partner end a relationship with them. Women, 30%, are more than twice as likely as men, 12%, to say, however, that they have never been broken up with. Oh, okay. Okay, ladies. We love you, ladies. Queens. So this is interesting. So research suggests that most breakups have one in eight broad causes. So these are the eight causes. A desire for more autonomy. That would be me. (laughs) A lack of shared interests or character traits. A lack of support, a lack of openness, a lack of loyalty. 
a lack of time spent together, a lack of fairness, or a lack of simple romance. Romance. Yeah. And interestingly for women, not you're not off, a desire for autonomy is one of the main reasons for a split. That makes sense. Because, you know, men, it's like if they were being like over, you know, like. There's also research I heard once that like married women are less happy than married men. Like once men are married, they're like, we're cool. Like, yeah. I, you know, and then women are always like, locked oh, it in. God, I'm struck. <laughs> Honestly. Makes yeah. sense. Makes sense. Makes sense. So if your breakup was a messy one, take solace in the fact that most of them actually are. In a survey from polling firm YouGov, 58% of respondents said their relationship tend to end dramatically, mm. while only a quarter said their splits are usually civil. So yes, breakups are messy. There's a bunch of reasons why people break up. Mm-hmm. Women say that they get broken up with Less, less than men do because you know men be tripping they we really gotta go do. come on we got to go <laughs> so if you just broke up natalie now what what do you what can you expect okay so a breakup can bring about numerous feelings and stages of emotion so let's go through a couple of them here acceptance is one especially immediately after the breakup occurs some people might feel relief Shock, denial, grief, rejection, pain, betrayal, fear, even embarrassment, Mm. and sadness, of course. Of course. Some people feel as though their world has turned upside down and that things will never be good again. Many people feel restless. They lose their appetite, have less motivation or energy to do things. And it might be tempting to try and get over a breakup really quickly, but it does take a bit of time work and you need that support and we're here to support you we're here to support, we're here to support yeah. you in your living your best life journey always mm-hmm. so if you want to start moving on mm-hmm. you're done wallowing yep. actually a really good quote from poet robert frost says the best way out is always through and the only True. way yes the only way to get over a breakup as with any other suffering we experience in life is to fully go through it yeah so that means we need to feel and express the pain you can do that through journaling talking to your friends talking to a therapist talking to a therapist therapist. ding ding Um, ding 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 ding. that's the winning answer guys But you need to give yourself time to grieve and acknowledge the hurt and don't put yourself on a timeline. Yeah. Everyone grieves in their own way. So don't blame yourself if you feel like you're taking too long or even if you move on, quote unquote, too fast. Yeah. I feel like a lot of women feel guilty if they move on, quote unquote, too fast. Yeah. But it's stupid because I feel like dudes move on so fast and it's like, oh, yeah, good job, bro. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, bro. yeah bro. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, men. I'm, not, I'm sorry. <sighs> I'm not. Okay, so what are some things you can do to get over a breakup after you've talked to said therapist? Yeah. Talk to the therapist first. Then maybe reconnect with things that make you happy. So dust off old hobbies you may have stopped doing while you were busy in your relationship. We naturally shift away from various activities while we're dating people, and it can be empowering to get back to them. Yeah. Um, You do get really consumed in relationships and, like, you do so many things together that, like, it's easy to put off or just stop doing things. You're like, oh, my gosh, I used to do that and I don't do it anymore. Right. Also, Mm -hmm. surround yourself with support. So, naturally, your inclination may be to lean on your friends for support during and after a breakup. And try not to let embarrassment or anxiety hold you back from doing just that. We love, like, a gal pal party. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's not – like, I don't know – 
it sucks that people feel embarrassed that they maybe were broken up with. You know? Yeah. You should be able to tell your friends, like, this is this sucks. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Don't be embarrassed. Here's the other thing. Let's stop pretending like we're staying friends with the exes. No. You guys, let's, come on. We're not staying friends. Let's let's go ahead and potentially delete the number. You know, mm-hmm. a post breakup friendship, it may well happen in time, but time is the key word. Very few exes make a seamless transition into friendship immediately. And if you think you've done it, just see what happens when they start dating somebody new. Right, right. Are you guys actually friends? And then they like get a new girlfriend and you're like, oh, like, oh my God, you're like, who's this? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So somebody named Dr. Lewandowski Jr. (laughs) He adds that staying friends with an ex is in fact linked to more depression, jealousy, heartbreak, and even a harder time finding a new romantic partner. Wow. To get hung up on them. See, okay, here's the thing. I don't usually stay friends with my exes in the fact that, like, the true definition of friends, like, hanging out, like, going to things. talking all the time. Yeah, like, yeah. you can be on good terms. It doesn't mean, right. like, be on bad terms, but it's, like, how involved are they going to be in your life? I'm in a unique situation with my ex because we share a very core group of friends. So right. I have to see him a lot. And I don't mind to. We're on great terms. We're right. super friendly. I'm very excited for everything going on in his life. That's the key term, though. I think people say, well, we're, we're going to be friends. It's like, don't be friends. You can – but I think – be friendly. We're totally friendly, friendly. But like if we didn't have our friend group, we would never see each other. No. Maybe, maybe we'd check in. I don't know. Maybe. But like it's more that we have friends and we go yeah. to things and we're so nice around each other. But right. we're not friends. No. You're not going to you're not gonna call your ex-boyfriend when you like need a, advice on something. Yeah. You know? No, 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 no. Nah. Going off that, actually, I have a great breakup tip that th- – you guys, this is, this is tried and true. This is her number one. This is my number one. Okay. If you guys are going to break up or you just need – you have somebody that you're still just processing a lot of feelings towards, sign up for a boxing class, you guys. I have done this with every single one of my breakups. And not that I had like anger towards them, but you have a lot of pent-up energy. And when you get on that boxing bag, you can let it all out. It feels so good. And there's actually science behind it. Exercise helps your body get a shot of mood-lifting endorphins and serotonin. And you can listen to a little breakup playlist. Yeah. So it's just so empowering, you yes. guys. Highly wreck a boxing class or just exercise in general if yeah. you don't love boxing. But if you can, you should. Another thing, like I just said, is to make a breakup playlist music has a powerful effect on mood which is why the breakup mix is a key part of your post-parting toolkit when you find yourself adrift in a churning sea of emotion while driving to work or rage cleaning your apartment which i totally do i rage clean oh, love rage cleaning let the breakup playlist be your constant why not and when i was going through my last breakup Ariana Grande. You have the best timing on that. You guys, Ariana Grande released her Positions album. Thank and you, Thank Next. You, Next was like the single. And when I tell you, that was the anthem. It was Thank You, Next. Next. And it was all about gratitude for you. Yeah. I'm so grateful for my ex. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I loved that it. That was the best timing. I highly have been better. I highly rec Thank You, Next on your breakup playlist. 
Another thing you can do is to travel and explore new places. Enter a new headspace by exploring a new location. And it doesn't have to be like a lavish, eat, pray, love style solo trip either. Start by switching up your your route home or check out a restaurant the two of you never went to. Like start making your own memories without them. And very famously, I bring it up all the time, but uh, if you guys don't know, uh, right after my breakup, I went to Costa Rica by myself. Oh, yeah. And I thought I was going there to just like – be on my own for the first time and learn to be alone and learn to love being alone. But really, I went, ended up going through so much other <laughs> things and traumas that I didn't even know I had. I was like, oh, wow, this is a lot. So I highly recommend that I had such a transformative time in Costa Rica by myself. But it doesn't have to be that lavish. It can just be going somewhere new in your city. Yeah, well, piggybacking off of that, how about try three new places? So once a week, find a coffee shop or a restaurant you've never been to and invite at least one friend to go with you. That's actually a quote from Mary Jo Rapini. She's a psychotherapist and author of Recoupling, a couple's four-step guide to greater intimacy and better sex. And she gives that assignment to all of her clients who are working on healing from heartbreak. That helps you break up your usual routine and get away from the places that you'd always go with your former partner. Yeah, because you do have like, oh, the, the coffee shop, we always go together oh we loved that takeout restaurant or we and then it's like oh, everywhere you're going you're like there's my ex yeah you make new ones for yourself yeah and then this one it really actually i think probably helps write down all of their negative qualities yes so think of every annoying quality they possessed as well as all the compromises you had to make in the relationship Keep that list on your phone so you can refer back to it whenever you start thinking they were so perfect because everybody likes to go back and you you romanticize romanticize the relationship for sure. Yeah, and it's very natural to idealize the person and the relationship, but keeping the qualities that drive you batshit crece, they'll help you take off the rose-colored glasses when seeking a new partner as well yes and i think that list can help you from the drunk texts the late night texts yeah. you know like all that stuff if instead of like going you. yeah instead of going to text them it's like let me open this list up first also don't forget back up to uh our first couple of tips delete the number yeah you should just delete, delete their the number, number. yeah you should because then that really but sometimes you know their number i know or you'll find it you'll just find it somehow yeah but the, i think the list is a really good deterrent from any like rekindling if it's not a relationship that should be rekindled okay so actually instead of rekindling let's talk about rebounding yeah that's a thing to rebound or not to rebound well there is actual definition for rebounds okay so a rebound is a relationship that starts before feelings about a previous relationship are over or before quote-unquote closure over a previous relationship an empirical investigation into rebound relationships published in 2015 in the journal of social and personal relationships called too fast too soon is one of the few recent research studies on rebound relationships oh my gosh so what are the findings okay so yeah so the research indicates that people who entered into a rebound relationship more quickly than others had 
greater overall mental and physical health, confidence in their desirability, and resolution towards their previous relationship. Mm. So it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Okay, because you know my last relationship, I rebounded real quick. But hey. But it also indicates that people who entered into new relationships the quickest were more likely to have greater levels of respect for their new partner. Oh, and were also found to compare their new partner to their ex more than people who look longer into a new relationship. Oh, okay, so there's a lot of comparison. Yeah. Okay, so. But that's normal. Yeah, I mean, you're kind of going to do that no matter what. Yeah. So, science supports that rebound relationships can be beneficial in dealing with getting over an but it leads to the assumption that a rebound is only as good as its ability to be the same or better than your ex. So the key in knowing if a rebound is beneficial or detrimental to you is to ask yourself this question. Is the rebound better than your ex in any way, physically or emotionally? So if the answer is no, then... No, no, no. Then right. it's gonna be detrimental. Right. So we're not gonna we're not gonna go down. We're right. not gonna we're not gonna lower our standards. Like if you see this dude and you're like well, I'm just going to get with him basically because I'm mad. But actually in my head, I think like my, my ex is like hotter and nicer and all this stuff. And like, I, and also I would never get with him unless I was like in this, right. in this headspace. Yeah. Like if it's just like, oh, this person's hot. Yeah. Hotter. Hotter. And treating me better. Then yes. Then get it. Guess, yes, Miss Girl, go for it. But if it's the other way around. Let's take a step back. Yeah. Let, we're, the, yeah. The thing is, is we're not lowering our standards for a rebound. That, no. That, that is the lesson. That's, That's the, the lesson, lesson there. Yes. I love that we, we're supporting rebounds, though. Yeah. I loved my little rebounds. Why not? Sorry about it. Um, <laughs> but even if you do do a rebound, sometimes it takes you a while to get over somebody. Yeah. So why does it take some people longer to get over a breakup now? Okay. So one reason is it wasn't your idea. So if it wasn't a mutual split, the dumper will obviously move on faster than the dumpy. It's not like dumpy. I know. The victim. <laughs> <laughs> so someone who, had, the 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 <laughs> someone who had no idea a breakup was coming, no matter who initiated it, will likely take longer to get over it. Yeah, because if you're if you're the assailant, <laughs> right. you've already kind of been thinking about right. it. You're, you're not blindsided. Like, yeah, you're kind of already come to terms with it by the time you do you've it. You've processed and yeah, the other yeah, person yeah. has not. Another reason is you were really invested. If you really thought the relationship was going to be a long-term thing before it ended, it'll likely be harder for you to get over your feelings and attachment for that person. Yeah. I think obviously here, cheating. So not acceptable. So not acceptable. But So not only are you getting over someone you love, you're also having to simultaneously process the fact that someone you love consciously chose to hurt you. So that's a tough one. That's a tough one. And then lastly, you don't actually want to get over them. Often people who struggle to let go may feel that theirs was the perfect relationship that no one out there can compare. So they'd rather sustain the relationship in their heads than to confront the painful reality that it no longer exists. Let's circle back on that list of negative qualities. Uh-huh. <laughs> We're going to open up your phone. We're going to look at the list and be like, oh, yeah. Yep. Forgot that I hated the way they chewed. Mm-hmm. So how do we know 
if we've officially moved on from somebody? Well, everyone will have a different benchmark, but you will know when you've moved on, when there are less emotions surrounding the thought of it, and when you can look back on the breakup in a more existential way, acknowledging the impact that relationship had on your life, and looking at it as it as a stepping stone to where you are now. So psychotherapist Hilda Burke said that, I had one client who told me the turning point was his ex not being the first thing that popped into his head when he woke up. Oh. Another client was able to play a certain album again, one that she had listened to a lot with her ex and be able to enjoy it. It's more of a felt sense rather than like an external marker. Like when you're not having those emotional reactions to the thought of them or things that remind you of them and you can like enjoy it without thinking of them. Like you're like, oh, I went to that restaurant and I was like, right. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. I'm over it. There is there is a point like when you're going through a breakup where like your whole psyche is consumed with the breakup and them and you see them everywhere and then all of a sudden you do check and you're like, I haven't thought about that person in months uh-huh. at all. I have no idea what they're doing and I don't care. And you don't care. And that is how you know. That's how you know. And that's how uh, you get over breakup. Yeah, so we hope that you guys learned more about the science of breakups, some tips and tricks for getting over a breakup, and how to make peace with your breakup and move on. How to. Thank you, next, that. Yeah. Ooh, a little spoiler alert, Mm -hmm. Matt. Should we circle back on this wowza wine? Uh, Is it wowza? No, this isn't the wowza. This is a wowza. This is the Artadi Vignes Dagon. I'm going to say it's Dagon or Dagon. I don't know if it's a silent N or not, but it is a 2018. And our hottie is. I mean, guys, if you you haven't picked up on it now, Miss Ariana Grande. Did you have to (laughs) slam your glass? I really didn't mean to. (laughs) Bam. I think in my head I thought it had a stem. Just slammed her last time. Yes, it's Ariana Grande, the queen of breakups. She has the best breakup album. She's been through a lot of them. You know, Pete Davidson. Oh, okay. And that wine. Okay, so one to Miss Ari. Can I give it a one? I, I don't like it at it's all. It's horrible. <laughs> it's, oh, I don't want to. I feel mean saying it's horrible, but it's not drinkable. If I got this at a restaurant, that's always my standard. Right. Would I send it back? Yes. yes. Absolutely. Yes, I would. And you know we what? never send anything back. It makes sense for the breakup episode <gasps> that we got we got a, a we wine got and we we're like, we can't do it. We're sending it back. We're sending it back. I'm looking at the list of all the things I hate about it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not finding a redeeming quality here. Is it a one or is it a zero? <sighs> I mean, I really. Let's give it a one. We'll give it a one. A one. Somebody made this Somebody wine. made this wine. One out of Ariana Grande for this. Who even knows what oh, the fuck? What even it was? I can't say we recommend it. Oh, I cannot. No. We will not be tagging them in our story this week. <laughs> Nat, savage. Well, no, because then Oh, no, it's fucked yeah, up. It's fucked up on they, our end. That would be really mean. It'd be really mean. Yeah. It'd be really mean. Yeah, we're not petty. We're not petty. All right, this is part of the episode where we play a little wrap-up game. And this week, we are doing random advice. We're bringing it back, guys. It's been a while, but you guys have written in, and we will be giving you our advice. Yes. Um, so I'm going to read this first email that came in from one of our listeners. Okay. It says, Hi, Corinna Natalie. I've been listening to your podcast a lot recently. It helped me in so many aspects of my life as a 22-year-old from the Philippines. Ooh. I've been planning to study abroad in two years, perhaps in London or Paris. I also want to live there afterwards wherever I end up studying. I want to take up fashion school and make a living out of it. But I can't help wondering that when I set out to do it, all of it, would I be doing it right? 
<gasps> so I would love to hear your non-expert opinions on how to go about providing for oneself to study abroad and to be responsible about making a life away from your home country, which you've never done before as a baby adult. Sincerely hoping for your advice, insights, and experiences. Always excited for your episodes. Wow. Okay, first of all, we love you so much. Oh my gosh, we love you. We won't say your name because it is anonymous, but yes, we love you. We love you. And well, this is great for you. You studied abroad. So I studied abroad in London. And first of all, let me just tell you right now, it was the best six months of my life. And I stand by that. I was the most free. I felt the most connected. And if you're feeling like you have to go somewhere, go. Because yeah. your soul is calling you there. A good thing to start thinking about before going to another country and living there is starting to learn ahead of time about their transportation system. Yeah. Start figuring out like how you're going to move around, what areas are good, because I think, you know, you're going to be out of your element and you kind of want to do some research ahead of time, which I'm sure you're going to do. And in terms of like making a life for yourself away from your home country, I think joining groups, mm -hmm. clubs, if you're studying, like at the school that I was in, I was in, oh my God, I was in this class about um ghosts <gasps> what it was it was paranormal activity what? was the class no you took this class yeah and so every lesson was like astral it wasn't paranormal it was supernatural that's what it was it was oh. a supernatural science class so oh, each cool. anyways but yeah it was a, i was around a bunch of like-minded people who yeah. were interested in astrology we had we did a course on ghosts we did a, <gasps> it was really fun and yeah i think finding people finding groups of people that have similar interests to you is going to be really helpful in um Making friends. Yeah. And the one thing that I'm thinking about too is, I mean, if you can visit this place beforehand, I think that would take off a lot of fear. And yeah. If you can just like kind of go even for like a few days to sort of get the ropes of the situation. And then also for me, if I was in your position, since I did not study abroad, but if I was going to, I think I would probably choose a country that spoke English mostly yeah because that would really help me not only like get around better but also communicate with people you know yeah so like, if, if you i speak went to a club French, it'd right. be great to go to paris but if you are you know obviously you're very fluent in english yeah you know london might be a better choice that was actually why i chose london as well yeah it's like one less barrier right you'd feel more comfortable because also if you're in like or let's say you even go to like a yoga class and you're like oh maybe i'll just like talk to this person it, yeah. You can just very easily talk. You don't have to be like, uh, bonjour. Oh, you yeah. Know, like, like, you know me. I've been in that, that French class for a year and a half. And girly, I could not. I could never. Right? Yeah. I could never make a friend <laughs> in French. You could try, though. I could try. Yeah. I could totally try. Well, I hope that was helpful. I'm so excited. Will you let us know where you end up going? And we yes. completely, completely support you. And I'm so excited. Studying abroad truly was the best experience of my life. Love it. Okay, we're going to read another one here, and this one is titled SOS, I Need Advice. Hi, Corinne and Natalie. My name is Blank, and I am a 22-year-old communication student from Belgium. Wait, that's two 22-year-olds. Oh, my God. And they're both from not, different countries. Yeah. I've been religiously following your podcast for the past couple weeks, and since I heard about it for the first time, and I am in love. And we love you. And we love you. I heard the section at the end where you give advice to listeners, hence this email. Okay. I always had a love for the U.S. I can't 
explain exactly why, but it is a known fact about me. When I graduate in June, I would love to go to the U.S. to find a job and start my career. First, I wanted to go to college there, but that is way too expensive. Oh, God. I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, If you – it's actually – very smart it's, that you didn't. Yeah, <laughs> it's like criminal, honestly, how expensive it is. So finding a job is the next best thing. But whenever I share this dream with people in my environment, I always have to explain myself and the decision to do this. I always say that it is a feeling I have that I have to do this. And if I don't, I know for certain I will regret it. But I still feel judged, unsupported, and just misunderstood Mm. my stressy side also does not help thinking about the whole process of finding a job which i heard is really difficult as an outsider and moving on my own so i would love to hear your advice on how to deal with the judgment and feeling of having to explain myself and also about how you would go about finding a job and what i should consider putting in a motivation letter along with my resume that will make me stand out Oh my gosh. We have okay. a lot of listeners that are like, you know, wanting to branch out. Branch out and and try new things, which honestly makes sense because that's what our podcast it is. It really about. makes sense. Yes, yes. We've we found the right audience here. Yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, if you have always had this gut feeling and you're saying here you have to do this, and if you don't, you feel like you'll regret it, like do it. Do it. One thousand percent do it. Also, to to go off saying that, like, your friends and family are not very supportive, what I've come to find is that when people are scared to follow their own dreams and have limitations for themselves, they often cannot support somebody who is living their truth. That part. And maybe it's not that they want to move to the U.S. It's that, oh, they've always wanted to be a painter and they never got the courage. Like, sometimes seeing someone be courageous in their desires and also speak about them very passionately and confidently intimidates people. So yes. my my intuition says that it's not about you. And it's Absolutely 100% not. about them and them feeling like, well, I never – my dreams never came true. I never went for my dream. I always had a passion to do something and I didn't follow it. So why does – you know, why does she right. get to? And it's probably not even conscious. It's probably no, a no, no. subconscious it's so thing. Subconscious. But you know, what's the thing I always say? People only say things out of love or out of fear. So if people are saying things to you that aren't like encouraging or like out of genuine concern, like I love you so much and I'm just a little concerned, it's because they're it's fear. Yeah, it's fear. And also your life is yours, Miss Girl. Yeah. And so you can always be like, you know, I appreciate your concern, but I would love support because I'm going to do this. Yeah. And they could also be afraid of losing you. You know, you're, you're leaving their lives. I'm sure they love you and they don't, you know, want their friend to not be around anymore. But if you like you're saying if you're going to regret it you have to go for it in terms of the visa stuff the only i know it's incredibly difficult in the u.s but the only experience i have with it is my french teacher she's she's british actually but she moved here um on a on a school visa but then she just got her green card and it was a bit of a nightmare i will say so i guess i would think that getting a work visa would be your best bet. So whatever yeah. industry you're in, maybe in your motivation letter, talking about how you can grow and learn and support the American industry that if you're into – the last girl was into fashion or you're into this yeah. or whatever. I think that would be a big appeal for your application. 
Yeah. You could also, because you are from Belgium, you could you could say, you know, I've got a lot of different perspectives on things from being from another country that I could bring into whatever area of work this is and really like play up the fact that you are different from everybody else. Yeah. Because that is what will make you stand out. And honestly, that right now, I mean, that's what the American dream is. You know, we, yeah. we are a melting pot. Um, we're supposed to be a melting pot. We're supposed to be. <laughs> but but you know and so we do and we do admire different perspectives and i know that if you have this gut feeling you're supposed to be here that it will be an easy process for you yeah because you're meant to, it's it's meant to happen yes you have and as we always say it's already happened it's already happened in another timeline and you have to follow your desires why do you have a desire if you're not supposed to follow it it is your soul guiding you so hey come on over here yeah, come if you're on in LA, the let US. us know. We would love to meet our AMI. So if you yeah. end up moving to LA, let us know. We will meet up with you. We'll get some lunchy with you. Let's and give talk you about s- Belgium. Oh yeah, actually, I do think you guys have a higher happiness rate than we do, though. Probably. <laughs> but but <laughs> come on over here, girl. Come on over here. If you guys have something going on in your life that you want advice on, you can email us at amidoingthisrightpod at gmail and we will give you our free random advice free unsolicited well not 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 unsolicited i was gonna say unsolicited too and i was like it's free anonymous advice advice also we have a really fun mailing list if you Mm -hmm. guys don't want to miss an episode you can go to am i doing this right pod.com sign up for it it's one email a week it's simple it's fun it's It's cutie yep it's always a good time and if you've got a friend that's going through a little breakup right now yeah this is a good happy for them just shoot them a little copy the link shoot them a little texty text here you go. This one's for you. This one's for you. All right. We'll be back next week with another episode. Love you guys. I love you. Bye.